G'day. You're walking up a hill in Nepal. Slowly, you're walking up a hill in Nepal. And every step you take, you're getting further and further and further into the mountains and further and further and further away from your family. As you walk toward your goal, up a very steep, long trail, there are things that start to enter your mind. And those things are called worries. I wonder how my family is. I wonder how my business or my work or my job or my work colleagues or that project is going. I wonder how my investments are going. I wonder how my um, friends and the organisation I support are going. And the more you walk, the closer you get to your spiritual. So you, you're not only starting to drag some worries with you, which as you walk further away from civilization uh, become harder and harder to fathom, but become, if you're not careful, more and more anxiety-causing. The closer you get to things like your spiritual ambition for the trip, which is to be on top of the mountain and achieve something, you also get closer and closer to the threat of altitude sickness, which you could say, so you get closer, as you walk away from things, you start to worry about them, you get closer and closer to things that both excite you, because that's your spiritual side maybe in the Himalayas, but you also get closer and closer to life and death. Uh, because altitude sickness, we all know in the Himalayas, is as unpredictable as a brown pair underpants. So you can see that this metaphoric example uh, is, is a reflection of all the voices that are jostling for priority inside this little space on top of your head, the most expensive piece of real estate on earth a little centimetre in the centre of the top of your head. And you're walking up there and you're going, oh gosh, well, then some part of you starts to wish it wasn't going away from the things you're worried about. And so there's a part of you starts to sort of, it's called self-sabotage, to be truthful. It starts to think, oh, I'm not so sure I want to be on this trip because, you know, my family and the kids are sick or grandma's not well or mum and dad, you know, blah, 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 or COVID or lockdown, you, know, you start to be fed the information that validates a little bit the decision or the subconscious decision that continuing and getting further and further into the jungle, further and further into the mountains and further and further up a hill is probably uh, un unwise intuitively. And then you've got this part of you going, oh yeah, but I've come all this way. Uh, mentally, I will be distraught if I go back and I haven't finished the trip because I paid all this money. Our financial commitment becomes a topic, not only how's my money going back home, but how much money did I spend on the trip and how much would I be wasting if I turn around and go back now. And then there's the, um, the health aspect, as I said, which is, gee whiz, I'm, I'm feeling like shit, and you do. Um, altitude acclimatization is a, is, is a struggle for every human being that walks in the mountain except for the Sherpas. 
So you're, you're walking along and this thing starts to become hmm, a, a, a trauma. And anxiety starts to build and this is called stress. Now, having taken thousand and more than, I think it was 1,800 people or something up to the Himalayas, walked them from the bottom, Kathmandu, flown them up to the airport and walked them up to the thing. I've seen so many people go through so much stuff just walking away from the things they value and walking towards something that they thought they value but don't value or walking away from things that they don't want to trust or don't want to let go of, walking towards something they want to hold on to. And I've seen this dilemma. Now, this happens to every human being on a daily basis. We have these voices, these, the one to the future, the one to the past, the one we're hanging on to, the one we, we have a voice is a good example. I want to be a good parent and I, I want to have lots of money in the bank and I want to be really healthy and I want to achieve things in my job and I want to have um, connection to a broader family and I want to sort of feel each day a touch of the sacred in me, the, that spiritual core that, that comes alive when we look at the horizon or we look at a, a plant and look at the micro nature of life. And so, and I, and then, and the mental part, I want to, I, I really want to like who I am, which is not always easy. And so all these forces start to compete. And when they start to compete, their voices in our head, but no one does to us more than we do to ourselves. And so they become voices outside of our head. So when people, and the majority of them say, I'm looking for peace in life, and I'm looking to have peace in the world and I want to have peace. If you look inside their head, there is none. But they want the world around them to go to peace. So they're saying, please stop challenging me with all these diverse sources of opportunity uh, so that I can have peace inside me, so that the voices inside me stop shouting and, and, and uh, bickering. And then again, we, we would have to say to them, well, it's the voices inside that are bickering that's causing the outer trauma which is the lack of peace outside so uh, there's no use uh, what you say you'll never find your heart in a temple until you find the temple in your heart and I think this is just so the truth and this conversation is about the human heart because the human heart is the intersection of all these seven areas of life this is where they all come together and, and collude so today I just want you to get a picture in your mind of what you would score yourself in how you feel about where your health is compared to where you want to be and how you feel about your financials compared to where you want to be and how you feel about your family and your relationship compared to where you want to be and compare your, your current career to where you want to be and compare the spiritual experience of living in life and feeling good about yourself and feeling self-love. Uh, uh, compared to where you want to be, so and the social aspect. So uh, you score yourself on the circle, you draw a circle, and you score yourself zero in the middle, which is totally a mess, which is I don't, you know, like if you had no money in the bank and you were really, really uh, bereft and you couldn't even feed yourself, you might put a zero for health or financial. And if you're in Nirvana and you've reached uh, the holy temple, of the 
gee whiz, I, I, I need nothing from nobody. If you've uh, achieved that place, then please score yourself 10. Once you've done that, uh, and you mark those points on each of the, the spokes of the wheel, like if it's zero, it's in the middle, and if it's 10, it's on the outside, and if it's somewhere in between, just put a cross on the line. Write the number as well as mark the point. So you say it might be seven, so you write seven and put a cross, and then add them all up. Add them all up. So out of, out of 70, what's your score? That's a question I'm going to ask you. That's number one. And number two, join the dots. Now, you'll get a, a wibbly-wobbly shape. Now, th th this is the most astonishing fact. People cannot comprehend this. But all human development done through therapy and coaching and self-help and... TED Talks and all the blogs and all the things you do and all the corporate training doesn't change the, the area of that, that shape you've drawn. What it does, it moves a seven down to a five, but moves a five out to a seven in another area of life. So in other words, the, the, the area uh, of that shape you've drawn, that stays fixed. And that area measures your satisfaction, your contentment, your, 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 your overall where your heart's at. Now, you know, my uh, byline of my book is putting the heart and soul back into business. Putting the heart and soul back into business. And the heart comes from uh, putting more heart into business. Comes from not putting more heart into work, but from putting more heart into all the seven areas of life. In other words, increasing the scores. Now, that means I'm flying in the face of 100% of all the teachings on the planet about self-development. What I'm saying is I want to increase, increase the area of the map. So instead of robbing financial uh, focus to create uh, spiritual focus or robbing spiritual focus to create health focus, what I do in the, in the coaching process is move all seven areas of life outward. Now, that makes a huge change. And so the first thing we're going to do with you is give you a, a way to make all seven areas of life move outward, the score move towards the outer circle. Why? Because the, the area of the, of the um, circle, that you've, the area of your shape that you've drawn, the, the surface area, is called the amount of gratitude you have in life. Now, the interesting thing is gratitude and ingratitude balance themselves. So when you get more gratitude for something, typically we get less gratitude for something else. In other words, we don't know what we've got till it's gone. So people are focusing on, oh, I'm going to be grateful for my relationship's not working, I'm going to be grateful for it, I'm going to re-improve it, I'm going to really focus on it because I don't want to lose it. But in the meantime, while they're doing that, they're not grateful for their job. And so their job starts to sort of get shaky legs. And next thing you know, they've got problems at work because they've got gratitude for their relationship and they're not really committed or focused or motivated or engaged at work. So the, 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 number one, we move all seven out and make them bigger. The second part of this, which is really uh, important to know, and I think 
quite shocking as you walk along, is that we know that when we hit 10 out of 10 on the circle, in any one area of life, the circle gets bigger. And it gets bigger to the extent that if we were a seven, our average is seven in, let's say, in family, we're about a seven. The circle moves out to give us another seven. So if, and that means that as we grow in life and we get rings like the rings of a tree, the circle keeps growing out. Our satisfaction or our level of gratitude or a level of motivation or the amount of heart we put into what we do, because remember, there's no half-hearted success stories on earth. So half-hearted, if we put a half a heart, if we're 0.5 in relationship, that's a half-hearted relationship. If we're 0.7 at work, that's 70% that's engaged with our heart at work. And there are no half-hearted success stories, and I suspect there's no 70% hearted success stories either. So the second part of the process of, of, that you're, you're learning in the process of going through the 30 days is to enable this circle to expand, but keep growing your score toward the outer limit. Now, optimally, you're going to hit eight out of 10 in all seven areas of life, optimally. Theoretically, you want 10 out of 10 in all areas of life, optimally, and then theoretically, but realistically, as the circle gets bigger and the pressure gets bigger or the expectations get bigger or the circumstances get bigger, your house gets bigger or the mortgage gets bigger or the number of kids you've got gets bigger and the number of people you are leading gets bigger or the size of the project you're working on gets bigger or the amount of age you've got to deal with in health gets bigger or the ambitions you have spiritually get bigger. As this circle gets bigger, it's very, very normal that one or two of the seven areas of life, our thinking process gets stuck in, in antiquity. So in other words, what will allow us to be five out of 10, for example, in Korea, if one of the seven areas of life hits the 10, the circle gets bigger, Korea tries to move to five, but if we don't change the way we think, because now we've got more to think about, more people to worry about, and more circumstances to deal with, if we don't change the way we think, which means deal with some of our personal wounding and some of the scar tissue we're carrying from wherever, if we don't deal with that and move and, and elevate, evolve our thinking, then our five becomes a four, because the circle got bigger, but we didn't adapt and each separate area of the circle needs to adapt in a unique way. This uh, means that the mindset that causes uh, your social life to expand is not the same mindset that causes your career to expand. The, the tools and the way to move with, the, with human nature and expand each one is very uh, individual and very specific. And, uh, and, and overall, this whole circle, uh, we call it the VIP score, but overall, this whole circle is simply called one word, and that is leadership. I hope you enjoy doing this. I think this is one of the most spectacular pieces of awareness that you can have in life. Last but not least, 
Many people talk about life balance. And so they go to work, if you can see career there, they go to work and they get stressed. And say they score themselves a three in career. They will go now to a yoga class and try and be spiritual to counterbalance the stress they're getting at work in an environment that's not at work. Now, this is really stupid, really stupid. And it's a meme throughout the world in especially the first world countries. It's a meme. If you go to work and get stressed, go and find meditation, go and go for a run, go for a walk along the beach, have a weekend off, uh, have the evening off, have a few drinks. And what it's basically saying is this, get out of balance at work, be an incompetent, unbalanced, irresponsible, incompetent individual at work. And when work finishes, go and try and over uh, counterbalance that by doing something that would is the opposite. Like if you're working hard at work, go and do meditation because there's no work involved and just chill out. Or uh, you're angry at work, uh, go and have a beer and uh, um, uh, you know be with the family or social. Or as the most common one, go to work and be incompetent and out of balance while you're at work and then come home and try and mollycoddle yourself around your children and your family. In other words, use your family to counterbalance you from stress at work. Now, the consequences of using family, a yoga class, or it's all bad, but the consequence of using family as your counterbalance is you push people away. And they start to not like being around you because you're, you're, bring, you're not bringing the best you in the house, firstly. Secondly, you're going to be very strict because if you're stressed at work and someone says something at home that stresses you, like they don't you know, fold the, the laundry properly or the kid knocks something over that's important or they play TV too many times or someone makes a noise or farts at the dinner table or doesn't eat their dinner, you're going to be sensitive because you're using your family to counterbalance you. It's very poisonous. So real balance in life is not balancing work and life. That is ridiculous. Real balance in life is being balanced at work. Balanced at work, which means productivity stays fairly constant. It doesn't skyrocket and it doesn't go to a shit. It stays around eight. And that's what I'd like to teach you for the rest of this 30-day challenge. How to sustain high performance balance in each area of life rather than being counterbalanced by each area of life. It's very important for your own uh, leadership, very important for your well-being, and certainly very important for those who uh, are around you, especially your family and kids. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.